And we are live. What is up, everybody? It is Sunday, the 4th of February. This is the Snappy Tech Podcast, episode number 29. We're uh, we're getting on up there to nearly a year. This week, however, we have the wonderful Ahmed Khalifa. How are you? I am very, very well. I'm quite excited about this. Really, really excited about this. You should be. I think it's a. I think it's an exciting show. I, I hope it's an exciting show. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's always difficult. Like when someone like says, you know, they're like, oh, it's great to be here. I'm always like, so do I just use this as an opportunity to pimp the show? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in, introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, what where what do you do? Where are you best found? Well, I am currently in um, in Edinburgh, Scotland. And that's where I'm based. Hence the weird accent that I have, because I've got like a loads of accents from the Irish to the English to the Scottish, because I moved a lot. So I'm living in Edinburgh. I run my own business, and um, basically I help other people who have WordPress website to grow their online visibility and grow their conversion. It's something that I've been doing for a long time. The past couple of years, I decided to run my own business, and uh, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and that's the um, kind of linked to Snappy Tech because, you know, I am involved in that kind of the tech industry yeah. as such. And um, it does make sense. There's some kind of overlap with each other and there's some news that interests me. Um, so that's why, you know, some of the things that we have to discuss today, I think would be really, really interesting. You also have your own podcast, correct? Very true. I have my own podcast and uh, it's recently rebranded. Um at the beginning, I mainly focus on interviewing other inspiring entrepreneurs who uses WordPress and um, you know how they you know built it up and how they grew their business with WordPress and so on. And uh, and then I've rebranded my business and um, my podcast has also rebranded. It's now called This Week Online Today. Right. And uh, I guess it's kind of kind of similar to yours, George, because I am talking about the news of this week. Um, the online news that happened this week, today, like now yeah. kind of thing. Um, so hence why there are some overlaps in terms of like some of the news that we're going to talk about today, um, because it's so many stuff, so much stuff going on, and there's always something to talk about in the tech world and in the online industry. So that's the, my podcast right now, this week online today. Go check that out. But before you do that, listen to this one because we're currently here talking. <laughs> Uh, I agree. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I, I, I want, I want you to pick the first topic purely because, I'm, I'm interested as to what you pick. We we have a nice, we have a nice mixture of topics this week. Um, if you, if you read the title for this episode, it looks, um, bizarre for lack of a better term. We have, you know, apparently Google killing every app ever, and Facebook is dying. Um. However, we do have some lighter topics, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to Swardeen for realizing that I accidentally left this podcast unlisted. Whoops, on I a genius. Uh, so thanks to Swardeen for pointing that out. I have now made it public. Um, cheers for that catch. So, Ahmed, what, what do you want to start with? I mean, you're definitely right about, you know, which topic you talk about, which is the most interesting one. And I think we should go for the bizarrest, is that a word? Bizarrest? I, don't I think so. I'm going to go if, with if it. If not, it should uh, be. Uh, well, let's, let's go with it. The bizarrest topic of the week. And let's talk about the new flamethrower that is currently hitting the market. 
Right now. The wonderful um, Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> which actually technically isn't on the market because they're all sold out. True. Very, very true. And it just shows there's a demand. Apparently there's a demand for a flamethrower, which mm-hmm. is insane. But the story of the week is that Elon Musk had put a flamethrower um, on sale. And that was after, you know, telling people if they sell out of the hats, they're going to sell the flamethrowers online as well. And um, it was limited quantity, I believe. I don't know how many it was. It was anyway, 20,000, I believe, was if it? I recall right. correctly. In that case, they made a good money out of it because they were selling it for $500 and they've sold out. And um, it, it, it's something that I feel like Elon Musk is one of the very few people in the world who can get away with that and sell a flamethrower on, on, under the boring company name. Amazing. Amazing. And... You know, you have to talk about, is this something that he's genuine about? Is it a PR thing? I mean, they've... Well, it's something they're actually sending out. That's, <laughs> that, that much of it is true, right? It's actually being sent to people. Uh, it's a thing that actually exists, which is amazing in its own right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the world's safest flamethrower, according, uh, according to the website. And my favorite part is the fact that it needed a, a minor rebranding. Um, mm-hmm. So if you watch... Uh, if you follow Elon Musk's Twitter, you'll know that um, he, he's he's a PR master. He does it really well. I think the Tesla cars show that off best. Uh, yeah. The way he will get people to drop fifty thousand on the Tesla Roadster, even though it's not coming out till twenty twenty, and no one's quite sure what it actually is. Um, <laughs> but if I if I show this, you can see um, he he mentioned in a tweet saying that calling it a flamethrower meant that a lot of customs. Um, a lot of national customs were declining it. So he rebranded it to the boring company, not a flamethrower. Really, really caught those ones. <laughs> but, but the way I oh. found that tweet was I was on, uh, I was scrolling through Reddit and one of the Reddit subreddits is called Mad Lads, uh, which is people doing things that they think are crazy, but aren't quite. And I saw <laughs> that tweet and I initially thought it was a joke. So I go onto Elon Musk's Twitter, just like scroll around because I remember that's a thing that exists. And I'm like, oh my God, that was an actual tweet that he tweeted. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, I think you're right about Twitter. If you look at it, then he actually is serious about it. If you see his Instagram feed about the, um, the flamethrower and there's a little video of what it looks like. And there's a couple of people actually holding it in their hand and um, just posing, really. And it looks badass. It looks like a proper flamethrower. And it, the one that you see in video games is just insane. Absolutely it, insane. It, and it looks it, like something out of a video game. You're right. It's, it's crazy. You look at it and you think those things exist. Uh, you, you don't, it's not something that you see every day in the high street, you know, when you're walking around in the middle of London. You don't see that at all. You just don't see that. And it just, it's just incredible. And the fact that, you know, the other funny side of it is that apparently it's legal because the flames is shorter than 10 feet. Yes, there's a, there's a minimal length that it has to exceed before it's not allowed. Who would have known that? I mean, I didn't know there's a minimum length to make it safe. Which, I mean, does that mean like under 10 feet that makes it safe? I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's just insane. But the fact that the, um, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms is allowing throwers with flames shorter than 10 feet to be legal. 
Wow. I, I have a question here, though, because it's the Bureau of... These are three things that you really should be buying together. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms are all just lumped together, right? Didn't anyone consider that? that? Like <laughs> That must be a fun department to work in what that must, i really hope there's one amazing. shop that sells all three of those things <laughs> um, wow. it sounds it sounds like something you know you see like grand theft auto or something you know like everything in the same place and it just oh, the three things that could possibly go wrong to, in anybody's life is alcohol tobacco and firearms yeah but um there you go flamethrower is, is apparently and i quote safe Right, mm. that's the thing. We don't want to say it's too safe because no, we don't want to say it's too a flamethrower, no, for no. God's sake. And and, and you know, it, there's it's so many funny comments into it. Even um, Elon Musk, the way he um, commented on his Instagram feed about the flamethrower, he says it's great for roasting nuts. Yes, well, absolutely. I'm sure it is. Not that I would try it. Not that I would recommend it. But anyway. He yeah, he did. I think it's. A, I think the video is on his Twitter as opposed to on his Instagram. There is a video of him like roasting nuts. I didn't see that. Wow. <laughs> he he literally like, has them in, on a pan and he just like aims the flamethrower at them. It's like see, like. So it must um, be so much fun we, for him. Anyway, yes, that's, it's really good. Really really good. He he was saying that he might rename it if if not a flamethrower didn't work. He had a backup name in mind, which was and I quote. Temperature enhancement device. <laughs> Very, so you can make, um, you can make anything correct. sound posh if you try hard enough. <laughs> That's like the most politically correct name for a dangerous firearm ever. I mean, what, what's next? Guns going to be a, a long shot device that can stop people. I, I don't know. It's a remote it's hole punch. That's that's what a gun is. Remote hole punch. That's a good one, actually. Right? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I, that's on the spot as well. That's impressive. That's impressive. Wow. So... Oh, that was Whoa. good. That was good. That was, I like that one. Remote hole punch. <laughs> you should copyright that now. Yeah, get that written down somewhere. Exactly, um, exactly. So the reason um, we... Um, the, the, re- the reason we brought this up is A, because it's so crazy, and B, we were discussing this in the pre-show, and you mentioned the boring company not being aware of where it's from, and then it dawned on me that most people aren't, because it's something that he's only ever mentioned on Twitter. Um, so I, I also want to run through a quick bit of backstory on why the boring company exists. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, the boring company exists... Boring is a pun. This is also saying that uh, he, came, he came up with on, on the spot. So basically, what happened was Elon Musk was stuck in traffic one day. And he was asking himself, how do I fix traffic? Because, <laughs> you know, it's Elon Musk. And he was live tweeting this. I really hope he was using autopilot on his Tesla as he was doing this. <laughs> And so, you know, he's tweeting it being like, oh, you know, whatever, um, traffic is so annoying, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, wait a second, why don't we just drill tunnels underground? He's like, you know, those will A, never be at capacity, and B, if they ever are, you just, you know, dig a little bit, you dig like another one lower. And then he goes, oh, actually, wait, the limit to that is that you can't really drill holes fast enough. He's like, why don't I just start my own company? We can... 
I'll, I'll make my own company that drills holes. And then he was thinking, what do I call it? And he went, oh, I know. It'll be called the Boring Company, as in boring drilling holes, as opposed to boring uninteresting. And, you know, everyone on Twitter is watching this unfold as it happens. We're all like, bloody hell, Elon, rein it in. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was, I was watching him tweet it. Like, I was, you know, on Twitter as it was happening. I'm just like... I think he forgot his meds this morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it became an actual company. Wow. That, I mean, it's clever. It's, there's a pun in it as well. It, mm-hmm. it, it, you could call it, it's a genius name. It is actually it a, is a very good name. name. Yeah. Not it's sure why they sell flamethrowers, but it's a good name. And uh, then... yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And, and I think I've seen, I've seen the, um, the graphic or the video version of, the hole that he wants to create for cars to avoid traffic. Yes. Yeah. I've seen a video of that and looking at it the first time, you're thinking that looks awesome, you mm-hmm. know, because it's like um it's like an it's like the Euro tunnel for cars. Yes. It's just automatic kind of thing. You just on the ground, you're in a trailer and the car just goes and then you arrive at the destination and that's it. Um the idea sounds amazing. Putting it into practice, that can't be easy. That just can't be easy at all. Mm, no, I, that guy is next level in terms of... like I, I think he might be the person who is most pushing humanity forward right now. On multiple fronts, no less. Like, there's Tesla, which is really pushing electric vehicles. There's mm-hmm. SpaceX, which is revolutionizing space travel. They, had a, they intentionally crashed one of their rockets the other day. Um, I didn't mention it on the show notes because it doesn't make an interesting topic. Um, February 1st, so three days ago, they literally crashed one of the rockets into an ocean just to see what would happen, and it survived. And Elon Musk was like, oh, now we have to, now we have to tow it to shore. Like, this sucks. We wanted it to break. <laughs> like... <laughs> Amazing. And, and also, he um, built the biggest battery in the world in Australia. Yes. As well. Yeah, we talked about this as it was happening uh, when he challenged the Australian government. Essentially, that's what he did, right? Um, so, yeah, we, we mentioned it at the time. And that guy is just doing some crazy, crazy things. Uh, it's It's yeah. ridiculous, for lack of a better word. I, I do want to know what's inside his mind. What does he? What right. was he thinking? How does his brain work? If you sit down with him for like half an hour, what happens? You know, have a conversation with I him. I think if uh, you sit down with him for half an hour, your brain explodes. Like from all probably. the information it absorbs, it just... But that's the thing, though, because your brain explodes, but he keeps taking in so much information about what he wants to do. Because there is nothing... First of all, nothing quote normal about his company there's nothing kind of simple or straightforward he's pushing the boundary in so many levels and it just makes you wonder you know how, how does he does he stop moving does he get really like antsy about everything does he just can't sit still for a second because he's pushing and pushing and a flamethrower i mean what's next i mean flamethrower a rocket ship electric cars all this stuff there's nothing consistent about what he's offering to the world right now at all. Apart from the fact that they're all consistently crazy. Mm-hmm. That is probably the one threat that we can definitely Yeah, it's the one thread between them all. They're all crazy exactly. ideas. They're all exactly. by one we'll madman. Uh, you know, we can't 
you know, I, I don't think anybody's complaining. I think a lot of people kind of, you know, look up to him and are in awe of him and and they're like just saying, wow, look what he's doing. And they're kind of excited about what he's doing next, you know. So there you go. I mean, a, a flamethrower just came out of nowhere and I, I'm trying to work out what has he not done, you know. So I don't know to yet. Be something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, what's the one thing that someone else can do first? Because there's not really anything left. You'd think there's not anything left, but then who would have thought of creating a hole in the ground for a car to avoid traffic? True, uh, I true. Never, never thought of it in my life. No way would I be thinking, you know what would be good if we can avoid traffic by going down? Because I've seen um, videos of going over the traffic, like cars can go over the traffic instead of going on the ground. Right. And not just like a, someone just designed it for fun. But Elon Musk, he, he thinks differently, definitely. Oh man, that, that man is a special man. And when... Special. And it's, it's crazy because I, I know that a lot of people, you know, before he became famous with Tesla, a lot of people aren't aware of his background, right? To a lot of people, he just appeared out of nowhere as this madman with a bunch of money making electric cars. And, you know, the fact that he started off by co-founding PayPal is just crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think uh, I think you're right, though. I think people... Um, it applies to a lot of things, actually. People don't think about how long a certain company person has been around for before he became, like, in the mainstream media and news. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, he's been around for decades and decades. You know, it's not something that he's been in the media for the past five, ten years because of Tesla and, and everything else. No, he's been around, he's established, he knows what he's talking about. He is a shrewd businessman. So um, people forget that. Definitely, I agree with you on that. <clears throat> so on the subject of uh, shrewd business, I guess, that's the best transition I can think of. Um, Facebook. <laughs> So this, is saying, <laughs> this is saying you got c- covered in your podcast, I believe, um, earlier this week. Um, you mentioned before this. I I saw the headline and my reaction was, oh, thank God. I was relieved more so than anything else. Because about a month ago, I actually deleted Facebook from my phone. Uh, so there's a, there's a long backstory behind it. And in part, it's to do with the fact that, you know, Facebook admitted they were bad for you. And I'm not sure if you saw this story, but, you know, they said, you know, using scrolling through Facebook is really bad for you um, because it makes you feel really bad. The way to feel better about yourself is to use Facebook more. That's what you're doing wrong. You're not using it enough. That's the issue. (laughs) And so we covered that news story, as you do, right? Of course. And, uh, you know, um, part of the follow-up from that was that I ended up deleting Facebook from my phone. And I, you know, if I use it, it's on my web browser on my computer because if there's, you know, I have Facebook Messenger, so if someone messages me, it's my primary form of contact um, because it's just, you know, something everyone has. So if someone messages me, I'll get it. But I won't get any, like, Facebook notifications through on my phone. And I am... Using Facebook so much less. I'm primarily on Twitter anyway, what, and I'm just what was so the, much more uh, relaxed. Can I ask you, George? 
what, what, what was the catalyst for you to kind of, you know what, I need to remove it from my phone. What happened? Why did you do that? So it was, <coughs> it was in part that story, right? The, the Facebook admits they're bad for you story. And then in part, it was also the no, and I was listening to the Bring Your Own Device podcast, uh, which is hosted by Greg Morris and uh, Natty Showcat. I think his surname is Showcat. Ooh. Let me uh, uh, sh- show chat. I'm not so how Natty, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, he, he, they're, they're both really great. I, so actually, I just want to blame Greg because he doesn't say your surname enough. That's, that's why. Um, so yeah, hosted by Greg and uh, Naif. And it, they were talking about how no app, no service seems content with just doing what they do. Right, Facebook has to do everything now. WhatsApp has to do everything. Uh, Twitter, not so much, luckily. But you know, all of these apps are no longer happy just being the app which you use to scroll through social media posts. Right, Facebook would, whenever I was out and about, right, every time I like went in somewhere, I'd get a notification from Facebook being like, "Oh, leave a review. Tell us what you think about it. Take some pictures." Um, you know, turning it off in Google, because Google does that as well. Um, turning that, because uh, I have an Android phone, so it's, you know, deeply integrated. Um, so turning it off in Google is literally like, you know, options, turn off notifications. And then I had no way of finding it for Facebook. And, I, and you know, that was, you know, grating away as it was. And then on top of that, it was just, you know, you go into, I'm not sure if you've ever tried this, but if you open the Facebook app, um, if you have an Android phone, you can just pull down that little banner, like the banner of icons, the ribbon bar. If you pull it down, it shows you everything they do. And it is terrifying. Like, there yeah. are so many things there. Um, the, the, the app is, like, huge. It's, like, 400 megabytes or something. And I'm just like, how is this app half a gigabyte? Like, what are they doing? That's a lot. That's a lot for any software program app. Doesn't matter what it is, it's a lot. Yeah, and then there was also the and if if this is happening, it doesn't actually bother me that much because I wouldn't be surprised more than anything else. But you know, there, there's also the the joke that it listens in on you, um, and it listens to everything you say and uses that to serve you ads. Um, let me see how big this app is. This app is real quick. Uh, so it's currently sitting around uh, the, the one constellation is actually at one point I did use Facebook Lite um, so they have light versions of their apps um, that yeah. are designed for usually they're designed for uh, third world markets but you know on Android you can just download the APK and install it and I just used Facebook Lite for a while because it's like one megabyte and I'm like, <laughs> why isn't the normal Facebook just like one and a half megabytes? Like, come on, that's all you need. But I mean, the answer is because, as you said, they're not happy to do just one thing. They want to do everything. They want mm-hmm. to take over more apps and buy more companies and add it to their um, app as well. So as you said, you know, one megabyte is like for them, it's like, nah, that's too boring. I just need to do more. Um, yeah. I, I want to buy WhatsApp and Instagram and everyone else, um, and that's not going to be one megabyte anymore, as well. And um, if if true, I mean we haven't gotten we haven't gotten 
deep into the story yet, but it's true what you said about how you know these companies they track a heck of a lot of information from you. As part of my job, and for many years, I've been doing you know SEO or search engine optimization, mm-hmm. and that's all about getting ranking, getting visibility on Google, and that's something that you know that is something that a lot of people want in their website. They want to appear high in Google because everyone uses Google, but because I read a lot about Google, I kind of understand what they do, the algorithm and, you know, the data that they uncover. It's so scary what they know about you that it's unbelievable. And people talk about Facebook. Facebook is definitely one of them. But Google is a huge one as well. I mean, they, you know, some people say that they're not a search engine um, company anymore. They are an advertising company because everything is run on data and then they use that data for advertising. Um, the data that they can get from you is so scary that it scares me. And because I am knee deep in it in terms of like, I know what they're doing and that yeah. is my job. I want to understand how they operate, how their businesses run on the algorithm. Um, and you're right. It's, it's so scary on when it's on your phone, Android or, or whatever you use and YouTube and everything. But at the same time, we can't deny that they produ- uh, provide amazing products and services to the world so it's like one of these things where you know if you're happy to give away these data then you get this for free and what you get for free you know youtube and, and the search engine and android uh, platform and stuff like that you know if if you get enough for free then they want something from you and yes. that is everything about you so you're right you're right about the whole facebook situation i agree with you yeah, so the the crux of this story being, and I'm I'm not surprised. It's, it's something that I want to say real quick. Um, when I, when I saw this, I was you know I was like, oh, awesome, but I wasn't surprised. I was kind of expecting it, and um, I think the thing that <laughs> the reason I was so expecting it was because Facebook announced um, a version of a rap for kids like a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was the thing that just kind of when i saw that i was like oh my god this is horrible um yeah so like a a couple of weeks ago facebook announced facebook messenger kids and it's aimed Mm -hmm. at like eight to 12 year olds or something and i'm just looking at that like that is terrifying i cannot imagine like letting my kids be hooked into facebook at that age I'd, I'd be doing the exact opposite. I'd be like, stay away from Facebook as much as possible. And Which it's... Is, it's, it's a bit weird if you think about it, that the fact that they're trying to make people not use it less in terms of don't use it at all, but they are getting a bit of negative news about how much social media is bad for you and they want to try to solve that problem. They want to help. And then they release Messenger Kids. I just don't understand the logic behind that. You know, surely the young children from 8 to 12 and even younger, they are the worst people you want to have to be hooked on your app. You know, that's something that I don't agree with, I'm afraid. Well, I I think it's a, I think the idea is, and I I think it works to some extent, is hook them young and then get brand loyalty, right? So sure, they're useless to them right now, but, you know, 10 years from now, they'll be 18 to 22, and that's when you really want them. Um, So that's definitely what we're going for there. But just the way that, you know, it's 
social media is one of those things that I, I think is definitely used best in moderation. And it's saying that, you know, I, I, I often think about what I'd do if I had kids and how, how I'd go about it. Because, you know, I, I, the kind of guy who'd love to have, like, I'd love to have kids. I, I like, find them fascinating, right? And I, every time I see, so I think, I'm sure everyone does this. But every time I see someone with kids, I, I, like, judge their parenting. Like, I judge how good they are, right? And even though I'm not a parent, so I have, you know, I have zero. <laughs> like, I'm no one to be judging their parenting skills. But I do it nonetheless. i I see parents like i've seen parents who are like oh my whenever like the moment the child like makes a noise or is like remotely annoying they just like hand them a tablet and like turn on youtube i'm like no that's that's not what you do in that situation or like i have um i know people who have who like struggle sleeping at night right and the reason is and you know i'm uh, I'm a lot politer when I put this for, put this idea forward to them as opposed to, you know, saying it here on the podcast. The reason is because, you know, they're up until 4am, like, on their phones, like, staring at their phones, right? And the blue light does the, you know, the, the science behind all that. And I'm just like, so... And that's the crazy thing for me because I'll ask someone, you know, what are you doing to, you know, how come you can't sleep? And like, oh, I don't know. I'm just scrolling through on my phone. I'm like, yeah, that's why you can't sleep. Put the phone away. Like, come on. <laughs> you, you think it's common sense, isn't it? I mean, the, you're right. The blue screen is one thing. And absorbing that information, making your brain think about what happened there and getting excited about something unused or whatever you're watching, that can't help you to go to sleep. 100% agree with you on that. And so much so that I'm trying to, you know, as much as my job revolves around you know, social media and Google and all these things, I still want to, you know, be careful how much social media I absorb mm-hmm. because you can easily get stuck in a rabbit hole and then you could keep on going down and you can't get out. So the sleep factor is a big one. And I think that is connected to the the news about, you know, p- less people are using it. Facebook in some indirect way, um, one people to be on it less and um you know it, it's, this is the, the funny thing about you picking this news and to talk about it because people may not be aware of that there is kind of like a, a series of news and algorithm changes that they've done over the past few weeks and probably right. longer yes but over the past few weeks there have been several announcements um about the algorithm now, obviously because facebook got a lot of negative news and attention about fake news mm-hmm. And um, obviously, it's bad for Facebook. It's bad for them. It will affect their revenue. Advertisers will not be happy. And if, if you're not spending money on Facebook, then Facebook will suffer. So they have to control the fake news. And as well as having moderation and feedback, they had to adjust the algorithm. So part of the um, thing that they worked on, there's a number of changes that they've done. One of them is they want to limit those posts which are the polls so you know people say um you know what do you think of what, what's what's your favorite ice cream flavor yeah press like for chocolate press heart for vanilla press smiley face and so on and this is the thing when you have a post which is getting a lot of engagement that's going to get visibility but it's not exactly high quality content it's not a high right. quality post 
So that's one thing that they want to stop. They want to limit. The other thing they want to focus on is they want to increase the emphasis on trustworthy publishers. That's another thing that they've deliberately they use that word as well. They use the word trustworthy. Yeah. So that's another thing, and they want to focus more on um, local news as well. They want to also limit. This is a big one that has happened over the past month. Limit the visibility of businesses and brands on your newsfeed. Yeah. Because they want to focus more on your interaction with your friends and family. Which, if you can think about it, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. we're there to communicate with friends and family. I mean, yeah, there are business people using it, using it for their business. But that's not the primary purpose of Facebook. And that's not what they started with. So they want to focus on that. And they have also said that they want to reduce the number of viral videos on their news feeds as well. As in stolen is, stolen viral videos or like original viral videos? Even original viral videos. And it's another way for them to make sure that the community is focused together. It's all about the right. interaction with your community, not about interaction with all your news feed, because then... If you click like on the viral video, then everyone's newsfeed will be also covered with that. Mm-hmm. So they want to limit that. So there's been a lot of series of changes in the algorithm that Mark Zuckerberg have announced on Facebook. And um, I think this all has gone toward this news about social media is bad for you. Facebook want to tackle that. Even a former Facebook executive has admitted that they have created a monster. Sean Parker who invested in Facebook earlier on, he admitted that it can get quite scary and God knows what um, going to happen to our children in the future. He said that. Mm-hmm. He said that. So this all played a part in the news that we have just, you know, reading about, which is less people spend time on Facebook. But Mark Zuckerberg said he wants people to spend less time on Facebook, but it's more valuable. So it's yeah. about quality over quantity. So all these little things that I've just been briefly talking about, it's all linked together and all about really your health and well-being, but also your community and your family and friends, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a lot of backlog information over the past few months that has kind of built up to the news today. I also... I, I want to ask you a question, but before I do, I just want to say really, really quickly, if you use an Android device, there is a really good app called App Usage, and I highly suggest you download it. And what it does is it, it runs in the background uh, 24-7, and it just, you know, it logs how much time you spend on each of your apps. And it's interesting to go in afterwards, and, you know, it shows you in graph form and it may be something that you don't realize how much time you, A, spend on your phone, and B, spend in particular apps. Um, I highly suggest it. It's called App Usage. Uh, it's just on the Google Play Store. I don't think there's an iOS equivalent, um, because I know that Apple is a lot more like locked down in that situation. Um, but yeah, the, the big number from this that I've seen is, A, the 1 million users who have left Facebook or haven't used Facebook in the last month. And then the big one, which is 50 million hours uh, less on Facebook per day, which is crazy to me. The question I want to ask you, though, and I, I, as someone who I, I think you've, it, it seems you follow Facebook quite closely, um, at least, 
I want to know what your opinion is on the conspiracy theory that Mark Zuckerberg is planning on running for president. That's... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right? You know, because it all adds up, right? He's visiting all 50 states. By the time, <laughs> by the time he gets around to, uh, like... By, I think his birthday is literally, like, four days before the final day. You can, like, submit your... Um, submit your nomination, like, want willingness to be present and you have to be at least you know 25 or, or 35 whatever the age is like his birthday is like four days before that date and then Ooh. on top of that he pledged to visit all 50 states um over the next year um before you start that though really quickly swadine said you can do it in your settings uh you can but that doesn't show it over extended periods of time that's from your last full oh sorry on iphone via settings okay so you can do that as well. But yeah, so Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, is he the next president of the United States? What do you think? Go. No, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, oh, it, it feels like, I, I don't know, we're getting political now. It feels like um, you can be a president without having a political background. What's mm -hmm. that about? I don't understand that. I mean, we had this, you know, you know, and not an announcement, but people are saying Oprah should be the next president of the US. And it's like, who, who these people, I mean, there are people who've been building up, working their entire life in politics, maybe to be president, maybe not. Who knows? Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I, is, I can't see it happen. That is the thing that really annoys me. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. The fact that, you know, not even just Donald Trump, like, you know, Oprah Winfrey or whenever someone says, like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson for president. Like, yeah. no, just, like, there are people who are supposed to be doing politics for a reason, right? No one, you know, no one has ever turned to, like, Sean Spicer and be like, oh, he should be an actor. Like, no, no one has ever done that. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, that's the thing they train for. And, you know, if, if the bar you're setting is so low that you're like, oh no, they just have to be able to talk in front of people really well. That is a really low bar you're setting. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh God. Like, no offense to Dwayne Barack Johnson and to Oprah Winfrey, but that is a really low bar. It is. It is. As much as I have respect for Oprah and The Rock and all these people, but being a president is a serious job. It's not something that you just go on there and say, you know what? I want to give it a shot. I want to, I fancy it. It's, it looks like fun. No, it's a serious job. So the fact that, you know, well-known people with a lot of money and a lot of probably people behind their back and investors and so on, they could become president. It's just insane to me. I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. But if, if Mark Zuckerberg wants to do it, then I suggest that for him to give up Facebook and, just focus on politics for the next few decades and then we'll talk again so i have a question for you <clears throat> mm -hmm. who would you rather have as president mark zuckerberg or elon musk <laughs> oh god <laughs> that is a tough one right would you rather I, have I the evil genius me... or the evil <laughs> that's that's a really tough one because I mean, let's not focus on the negative side of it, but if you focus on the positive mm -hmm. side, they both have their advantages, isn't it? Because yes. Elon Musk 
is, you know, he pushes the boundary, he, he, he adventurous, he's really, really going for it, and it makes you think, what else is he capable of if he had more power and resources and people behind him to agree with what he wants to do because he wants to make a difference and he wants to, you know, eco-friendly on all that stuff. Mark Zuckerberg, he focuses, let's just say for now, on community, on people, on, yes. you know, and and making it easier for people to be together and family values and that kind of stuff. I'm sure Elon Musk is the same thing. But, you know, I'm just going by what their businesses are focused on. Mm-hmm. So that's a really tough question to answer, actually. What, what, who would you prefer? I think, you know what my issue is? I, I'm not sure that Mark Zuckerberg knows what a human actually is. And I think, okay. to be fair, I think part of this is swayed by when I watched The Social Network. <laughs> right? You know, he's just he's just not very human, for lack of a better phrase. Like, you know, you watch him do stuff, and I'm looking at him like, is he a, is he a robot? Like, every time he <laughs> smiles, I'm like, huh, they've They've got that looking really human-like now. Like, you know, <laughs> they're getting better at yeah. it. They're improving him. Like, does it? Is it? Um, in your opinion, then, does it make him more human? I can't believe I'm using that word. Um, does it make him more human? Um, the fact that he's always visit. You know, fifty states. He is. You know, wants to be involved in communities. He visits schools and all these things. Does that make a difference to you? I think if if that is uh, what he's, from what I can tell, that is what he's actually doing, right? Going out, meeting local people and conversing with them. That does, I think, it, it, if he does go for wanting to be president, I think that really does, you know, sow those seeds of being able to say, you know, I went to all 50 states, I saw what they were all like, you know, I, I have ideas on how to, you know, improve them via xyz and i promise to do all of that so it's it's if it is something that he actually wants to do it will serve as a good starting point uh for sure and i think um i think the other thing as well i mean whether people are going to be picky about it or not is that mark zuckerberg is an american whereas elon musk you know i believe he was wasn't he born in south africa yes i think he's actually south african if i recall i'm not even sure if he has um I think he is South African, and obviously he's an American citizen, which is, you know, um, fair enough as well. I think that disqualifies him from running as president. On a serious note, I think that actually disqualifies him. You know, ignoring our fun little... (laughs) (laughs) So, I think, I mean, let's just say if, and that was just an if, he is qualified for it, then will people hold that against him? It's like, oh, no, 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 he's South African, he's not American, all that kind of stuff as well, whereas... Mark Zuckerberg, he's a, you know, born and bred. He grew up that way. He worked hard for himself. He built it up from America. Oh, I've just figured it out. You know what it will be? 2020, Mark Zuckerberg will be president of the United States. Elon Musk, not to be outshone, will be president of Mars. That's that's what's going to happen. Oh, president of Mars. Can I can I ask you what does the what's the job description in the president no of Mars? Not a clue. <laughs> Not the slightest of clues. However, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. 
Wow. Would you be actually that that uh, what I love about this show is that you know we start off on all these topics and we end up you know in these conversations, which is always great. Yeah. And I think it's nice to see you know the inner runnings of people and the, their psyche. Uh, would you be would if Elon Musk came up to you right now and said, "Hey, we will pay you, you know, the, the Earth equivalent of a million pounds uh, to go to Mars to be on the to be on the first spaceship that goes, I say spaceship, to be on the first rocket that goes to Mars for a million pounds, would you do it? Yes. You would? Because I'm, sure, I mean, I'm not sure I'd be like the first person on Mars. Like, Fair enough, fair enough. I think, I, I know that, you know, for some people it doesn't excite them or they are um, scared, rightly so, because it's a scary thing. Um, or you know, is it dangerous and so on and so forth? But I think for me, I'm like, yeah, I just want to see what it's like, and um, and just, I mean, if I can get back back to Earth, then that'd be great, you know. Um, because I've seen uh, what's what's that movie called? The one with Matt Damon where he's stuck in. Oh, um, wait, I know this. Um, um it's begin with I or something like that. Anyway, he he got. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh uh, wait, hang to, on, um, there are two though, because there's the Martian. And then there's the other one. So I think you mean the other one, right? Uh, no, actually, no, you're right. It is Martian. I think it is Martian. I think you're right. Because Martian's the one where he's stuck on Mars. That's the one. And then That's there's the also the other one where he's stuck on a different planet, but is actually the bad guy. Um, and that no, he one... Did, he did not that... have much luck, is he? Um, no, he's constantly... Interstellar is the one where he's like... He like tries to sabotage for people who like come to save him. Ah, oh, I think I, I'm, I'm. I think it's a, I think it's Martian. I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure because he got stuck there, and then they tried to rescue him. And yeah, that, that's difficult. the Martian. Right. So you know, I don't want to be in that situation because that looks scary as hell. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck in there and you can't get out, and then food running out. But you know, if if there's an opportunity, just like you know, Virgin, you know, they they they're doing that thing as well. So if I had the money to be on the Virgin Galaxy ship to go to space and come back. I would do it. Um, to go to Mars, yeah, it'd be good fun. I think to see uh, what's it about over there. Yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with being like number three on Mars, but like <laughs> okay. not number one, right? Like, not number don't one. get me wrong. Like Mars is like, oh yeah, this will be awesome and stuff. But I just, yeah. I just. I feel like when you're on the first spaceship to Mars, like I trust Elon Musk, but not that much. <laughs> like, unless well, he's on it, as, like unless he sat right next to me, I'm like, mm, I'm gonna pass up number one because I guarantee you, he you. won't be on until number three. That. What if he if he was there with you? Would that make you feel better? Okay, if he's there with me, then yeah, because 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 if Elon Musk's on it, they're not gonna screw it up, right? <laughs> I like to hope. Yeah. <laughs> Because I can just imagine the news, like, the next day, they're like, and Elon Musk has died as his, <laughs> as his spaceship was blasted towards Mars. There was some guy sat next to him. But Elon Musk, <laughs> right? Like, some George guy. Some yeah. George fella, some podcaster. No, no one really knew who he was. We, were, <laughs> we tried to interview his mum, but she'd forgotten who he was already. <laughs> so... Gone. Finish. She was like, wait, I had a son? <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, he went to Mars. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be, if we're going to go back to the whole presidency thing, I think it's like, mm, let, let's leave it to the experts. 
for now. And uh, and because not only that, because then you also want to see what are they going to do um, in the world as well. What else are they going to do? Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people. You want them to do what they're famous for, what they're known for, and yeah. keep exciting us, you know. And that's what they're doing right now. I mean, or if 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 Facebook didn't exist at all, life would be very different. But then you want to encourage people to kind of, um, you know, build a really exciting company that we can all use in our day-to-day life and get excited about it. And, you know, obviously there's a negative side of it. If you get too obsessed with social media, then that's not a good thing. But at the same time, the excitement is like, oh, this new project, what, what's this about? And, you know, now people talk about when Snapchat came out and gradually took on in- more, more interest. And then, you know, people got excited about that. And then Tinder came out and people got excited oh. about that. You know, it's just let the expert be the expert at what they do. Yeah. And just focus on that. That's, that's what I think anyway. <sighs> On the subject of being an expert at what they do, see these these transitions are going great, right? Don't you just it's love these great. segues, right? Uh, Google has gotten really good at deleting fake apps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, they've become an expert at that because you know Facebook used to be the platform that you just post your crazy, ridiculous malware on. However, in the last year, so over the last twelve months, they have removed seven hundred thousand bad apps by over 100,000 developers from the Google Play Store, which to me sounds pretty damn amazing. It's a 70% jump over 2016. Um, Over a quarter of a million of them were just impersonating big titles. You know, so they're pretending to be Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever, partially as phishing and then also partially as, you know, as malware getting in and uh, getting some, some viruses up in your phone. Uh, Google claims that 99% of the apps with abusive content that violated Play Store's terms of service um, were removed before they were even installed once, uh, which which is the one that that's sort of, you know, that's a fact that really gets to me. I guess my question to you, um, and it's in the show notes, is are we moving in a direction where Android is slowly but surely becoming more secure from a Play Store point of view as opposed to just... You know, because let's be honest, you know, if you can sideload apps, it's always going to be dangerous. I, th- I mean, there will always be an element of danger, I think, because it's not just about abusive content and malware. You know, even if there are certain things in there which is unethical, um, you know, trying to brainwash people or kids or whatever, it might not be abusive, but they might use certain language in a way that it's just brainwashing people. So I, it's, I think it's going to be impossible for a machine to kind of find those kind of apps. If it was yeah. human moderators, that's a different story. But at the same time, you know, from what I know of Google is that they take security very seriously, of cybersecurity anyway. Mm-hmm. And just like I talked about before about Facebook, they do not want to have low quality content on the newsfeed is going to affect them. It's going to be bad for them, bad news for them, advertising. Same thing with Google. You know, why would people invest in Google, you know, for buying ads and stuff if it's full of really bad content, if it's full of junk, full of dangerous 
um, things there for anybody to find and download on their phone. That's going to affect him. You know, it's going to affect him massively. So it makes total sense for them to get involved and tackle that because they will get the benefit from it in the long run. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a big topic more and more now, cybersecurity. It's becoming more and more important for people to be aware of. I'm, tr- I'm constantly trying to uh, remind people about using password manager, using two-factor authentication tools and stuff like that. And these are just the minimum. And then you can obviously go on further than that. So if this, if this I think it's the right step in the direction for Google, because let's be honest, it's very annoying to see apps which are impersonating big titles mm-hmm. because there are people who are generally trying to download the correct Facebook app, the correct WhatsApp app and all these things. And that's what they want. The fact that they're getting fooled by that is really annoying because I have apparently, I think um, linked to the story, I've heard that people were able to impersonate the titles by putting a space before the name of the app. And that allowed them to get through, which is insane. The fact that they can get put like, instead of WhatsApp, just put space WhatsApp. Yeah. And they can be up there at at the top of uh, the search result. That's crazy. You know, it's crazy that you can do that. So I think it's the right step in the direction, definitely. It, so it was, it was interesting because, you know, their impersonation was so so tactical because there was the space and then the name, but and th- those were easier to catch, I guess. But then they also had things like Unicode characters that looked similar but weren't quite the same letter. And it's also, you know, popular with uh, a lot of email phishing, right? So if you want to steal someone's email address without actually using their email address, you might use RN instead of the letter M, right? And so when you look, like if you look at it at a glance, it might look the same, but it's actually ever so slightly different. Um, And then on top of that, they had app icons that would be different depending on your location. Um, So, you know, in the US, they'd have some random icon because they weren't really targeting US users. Um, But, you know, if you were in... India or uh, Europe or, you know, wherever, then they'd give you that fake, you know, Facebook icon or fake WhatsApp icon or whatever, which is crazy to me. It's, um, it's an interesting one, for lack of a better term. Um, I think so. I think so. I, I, I mean, um, I think the fact that the number of Android users apparently is rising. I mean, I don't know how, how what's the number is there. But if it's rising, then they really have to tackle the issue of malware on Google Play. And because um, I've got an Android phone myself, so I can totally understand where they're coming from with the whole um, Google Protect um, scan thing that they have, which um, apparently it can remove these harmful apps. And it makes sense. Obviously, from my perspective, I'm, I think because we are in the industry of technology, we understand um, what to download, what not to download. It's very hard for us to kind of work out who is downloading these bad apps. How can you, how, you know, how can you get fooled by that? But at the same time, you can't blame these people because, as you said, the R and N, you know, these little things, or you know, children downloading apps on their phone that they're not aware of. You can't, you can't blame them. You know, for us, yeah. we're thinking it's common sense. 
it's, it's easy for us. But we can't just say that for everyone because not everyone is in the tech industry and they look out for these things. And so I think Google has the responsibility to do that. They definitely have to tackle it fast. And hopefully it's not going to creep through again because what you always see is that a, a company comes up with a way to stop spammers or malware coming in. But these people who created it will find another way to enter. So let's hope that, you know, Google stays on top of it because just because they've tackled that doesn't mean that the developers who are creating these harmful apps will not find another way. They're just going to f- try to keep finding another way in and they may, they may get in. You never know. You never know. They might, they might get in again and Google will have to start again, come up with a new idea, a new tactic to tackle them. This is cybersecurity. It just is always something new happening all the time. It's just the way it is. What I will say is this was announced at um, Google I.O., I believe, so back in May um, of 2017. So this is about six months old. But back in May, there were two billion monthly active Android devices, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, if, if you think about it, kind of makes sense because the phones... You know, you got Samsung and LG and all these phones, they use Android. Google has, you know, their um, own version, Pixel. Um, You know, people can buy that. If you remember a few years ago, you can buy the Google phone very, very cheap on a budget. Compared with iPhone, they're always kind of expensive. And um, not all, well, no other manufacturer can use the iOS platform at all. So... That doesn't surprise me, actually, the fact that it's a few billion. This is a lot of big numbers. Yes. But, um, they account for 73% of all mobile phones worldwide. Wow. Um, because I, 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 I don't have the exact number right now, um, but I know that iOS is number one in the US, China, uh, the UK, and that is like more or less it, like a couple of European countries as well. But if you think about it, right, uh, the majority of China, right, the majority of Russia... Like, all of these large, populous countries, the majority of the population can't afford an iPhone. And they, you know, buy really cheap Android phones. I have seen, since being in Georgia for the last couple of months, I have seen about four iPhones this entire time. Um, I'm currently working at a... I'm currently helping out a TV station uh, right now. And not a single person here owns an Apple device. Um... So yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely a country by country basis, um, and you you will find that the poorer of a country, uh, generally you'll find more Android phones. So yeah, yeah, the US and the UK are definitely the two biggest from that point of view. It 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 makes you think whether because you know how Apple they've released the cheaper version of iPhone, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, has that made a dent? You know, I haven't heard anything at all. I know it's made a bit of a dent in um, India and China, if I recall correctly, um, mm-hmm. but not significantly. It, it, it's it's made a small dent, but the the issue is, like, I I was on my way. Um, I was out earlier today, and I I like popped my head into a random technology shop just to look at what they had, because you know I'm a tech geek. I like seeing that. 
they were they had like Android phones that were being sold at like thirty pounds, which just wow. you just wouldn't see. Like you you know the cheapest iPhone here probably costs you know a few hundred, right? So yeah, yeah. It, it's You're just right. so much cheaper than everything. They're just so much cheaper, and they can be right. I was almost tempted to buy one of the like thirty pound Android phones just to see what it was like, like just for, just for the hell of it. Yeah, it's a good point though because I've never tried it myself. I, we've I've tried the iPad and iPhone, whatever, but these low budget iPhone, never tried it, never tried it at all. And whether it can, you know, can really compete with the budget android phone or not it, that's that's what that's why they're doing it isn't it that's why they want yeah. to kind of you know they want to compete with uh, google although having said that you know over the past couple of years now that they've released pixel um you know pixel is there to kind of compete with iphone yes. apparently so yeah what I, that's, that's a very expensive phone yeah what i will it is a remarkably expensive phone uh what i will say it's the most is the cheapest uh, Apple iPhone in the UK is currently the iPhone SE, which costs three hundred pounds. Um, you know, and even that is a is a lot. Uh, like the average wage here is like six pounds a day, if I recall correctly. Like that's yeah. the that's the median wage in Georgia uh, currently. So you know, a three hundred pound phone is completely out of question. Um, yeah. And then um, circling back to your point um i think the the issue is that a lot android phones a lot of cheap android phones are getting really good lately uh marquez brownlee uh makes a really good uh, and has been making a really good point these last couple of years that good phones are getting cheap and cheap phones are getting good right mm-hmm. so 300 pounds for the iphone se um you know putting that price in i'm just on carphone warehouse right now um in case anyone else wants to check my numbers uh, so if I go high to low, three hundred pounds gets you the iPhone SE or a refurbished S six Edge, um, the Alcatel Idol four, which is a very good phone. Uh, the Moto X four is a very good phone. Uh, the LG Q six is a reasonable phone. The Huawei Nova. These are all very good phones for the yeah. price. Um, and you know when the SE first came out, that was considered you know, not cheap, but it was cheaper because uh, I think it came out at like five, five or six hundred somewhere around that price point. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, because it's you know it's a couple of years old now and it's dropped a couple hundred pounds. That is expected to be updated when um, the iPhone 11 is announced later this year. There is they are expecting an SE2 or whatever they call it, um, the SSE maybe. Who knows the SES? Yeah. Oh, the Apple iPhone SE. <laughs> S. That's that's what we need. <laughs> I love how you are you, you're claiming that you know he's a, a snappy tech first, well. right? Just in case it happens. <laughs> uh, what I that do want... and, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg president as well. Apparently, yeah. So the moment Mark Zuckerberg comes prez, the moment we get the Apple iPhone SES, and the moment we get um, what was it? The remote hole punch. Uh, is, yes. that was all me. That was all me. <laughs> Oh God, he, Elon Musk is nothing compared to you. Yeah, he is quaking right now. He is. <laughs> he's listening to this like, oh God, I need to hire him before he comes up with more ideas. 
god. And then you have to go live on Mars as well. Yeah, then I have to go live on Mars. Oh, no, that's a. Yeah. Oh no, I need to stop with these ideas. I don't want to go live on Mars. <laughs> I like it on Earth. How am I going to play Call of Duty if I'm on Mars? And how are you going to record podcasts? How are you going to, you know, is there, is there Wi-Fi in Mars? You know, that's a big question. Yes, that's so. a good. Yeah, Elon, Elon, if you're listening to this, <laughs> which you know we, we all know you are. Um, <laughs> when you when you go to Mars, can you install some some internet up there? Preferably gigabit. You know, don't want to be picky, but gigabit would be nice, yep. right? Yeah, I I can accept the low ping, the high ping. That w- we'll figure a way out around that. Just just yep. just make that happen, Elon. Just make it happen. <laughs> On the subject of uh, gaming, though, see these segues are great. <laughs> He's impressive. Impressive. <laughs> it's you know, you know what it is. It's I try to you know before I go into a podcast, I try to figure out how I'm going to segue them like loosely, because you know these these conversations can go any way, any which way. But I always have like a backup segue in mind, right? So I'm always like, if it really comes down to it, just use this. Uh, luckily, this episode has been a relatively flowing one. Where we, where you know, the moment we say something, but I'm like, oh, that can be a segue. I go, oh, by the way, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Like, oh, gaming, quick, I know, I can do this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually just an excuse for me to talk about the Nintendo Switch. To be completely honest with you, um, but uh, Nintendo tweeted out earlier this week announcing um, Mario Kart is coming to mobile uh, with a title called Mario Kart Tour. Uh, this follows Pokemon Go, Animal Crossing, and Super Mario Run um, as being the next big mobile game. This is actually just one week after they said they were shutting down the Miitomo app, which was actually their first mobile game. Um, yeah, it's, we, we know nothing about it. I just wanted to use it as an excuse to talk about my Switch. Um, and also, I guess, Ahmed, the question for you is, do you do, you do much gaming? I don't know. Do you Do you game a lot? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore gamer, but, you know, I do like to switch on the PlayStation 4 now and then. Um, having said that, in terms of, you know, what is my all-time favorite game slash franchise, it would be Final Fantasy. Right. And uh, that's, that's kind of like the type of game that I like. You can imagine, think of Final Fantasy, um, and that is me. And my favorite all-time game ever is Final Fantasy VII. And that was back in PS1. But, you know, compared to the other people who, you you know, PC gamers and all these things, you know, I I would not even be able to know where to start with that. Um, even though that I'm kind of like understanding more and more about eSports and watching um, documentaries about people getting into eSports and how much goes into it, I find it very fascinating. So, you know, I, I, would, I would call myself a gamer, but I think... The hardcore gamers would never call me a gamer because I'm playing the PlayStation 4 and I'm playing, um, I don't know, Final Fantasy and and FIFA or these kind of fun novelty games yeah. that, you know, the mainstream market will play. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do love my games. I wish I can... Sometimes you wish you can play all day, every day, mm-hmm. but you know what? I've got a business to run. You just can't do that. So, it's nice. So you mentioned how hardcore gamers wouldn't refer to you as a gamer, but I the statistic I, I again I'm I'm just pulling the number out of thin air. Um, the, these are all stats I've read that are true, and you know I I I read the exact number at some point. 
Uh, so it'll be in that ballpark. Um, but I think it was around, like, it was more than half. I want to say, like, 60% of gamers were female. Um, and then on top of that, like, 50% of those were actually middle-aged women. Because if you think about it, you know, there'll be, like, parents that go to pick up their kids from school. And, you know, whilst they're sat in the car waiting for their kids, or, you know, whilst they're standing around waiting, they'll just pull out their phone and start playing Candy Crush, right? Or whatever. Which, you know, again, hardcore gamers don't see that as gaming, but it is, they're playing games on their phone, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, um, it's interesting because there is this, there is that idea of hardcore gamer, which actually accounts for a very small percent of who gamers actually are. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can definitely appreciate that. I guess it's because, I mean, I've had people, you know, laughing at me when I play the game's console. And these are the PC gamers who have all the equipment. They have all the high-tech gear. They have special, um, you know, computers just for playing games and this kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, that is for serious gamers. Yeah. Whereas if you are using an Android phone or, or iPhone, whatever, to play games... I mean, that's just a quick, fun thing. And, and you know, you can also argue those who play the the Nintendo Wii. I mean, I remember when, when it first came out, it, it was like the people who love games, even those who play PlayStation and, and Xbox and whatever, they were making fun of um, Nintendo Wii because saying, oh, that's just a silly little game that a baby can play and it's for... Um, families and grandchildren and grandparents play together. Yeah, I, I, it's still it's still a game. It's still a game. I agree with you. It's still that kind of thing. Um, but you but you're right there because uh, games can fall into so many different categories, from the extreme to the family fun friendly to even babies. They will have their own version of games as well. So, so that's what Facebook's missing. That's the market Facebook are missing out on. They need Facebook Messenger for babies. Oh, God. I, I, he's a bad podcast for this. He's a bad, <laughs> bad podcast. It really is. I just imagine you not linking us on Twitter later being like, yeah, I was on a podcast. Just just forget about it. Just <laughs> just don't don't listen. <laughs> like... Oh, God. I, I'm going to try to put it in a, a good good limelight now to... Yeah, good luck with that one. about games. Um, <laughs> The, the the thing I found interesting about, you know, the whole um, Mario Kart thing, obviously Mario Kart is, again, if we quote, it's not a serious game, but it's such a popular game that a lot of people have played. Anybody can play it. It doesn't matter who you are. And also, most likely, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you are a beginner gamer or an expert um, gamer, Mario Kart is good fun. Yeah. It is good fun when you play with a few of a friend, group of people together. So it makes sense for Nintendo to do something with it. And I guess you're right. We don't know anything about it. Is it going to be like uh, Pokemon Go, where you, you know, is it going to be an augmented reality thing? Or is it going to be an um, online thing where you do it with your friends? Who knows? So it makes sense that, you know, they're going to do something with that. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. It'd be very interesting. And I think that's what Nintendo has a big advantage. The fact that they can use nostalgia as their marketing tool, because 
the likes of Mario Kart and Zelda and Mario games and all, you know everything around that. A big chunk of that is about nostalgia. People remember the 80s and the 90s and all these things, and these are the people who will really, really be excited about it. Right. The, you know, the people who are maybe born after um, year 2000 maybe not understand it as much because we kind of grew up with it. So Nintendo has a powerful tool that you can't buy. You can't buy nostalgia, but the fact that you know Pokemon Go got people excited, Mario Kart I'm sure got people excited. The the difficulty now is for them is can they deliver? Because yeah. you don't want people to be disappointed with the precious memory that they have when they were playing Zelda and Mario Kart back in the days, and then they release something which kind of like completely goes against what people believed in. So they they have to get it right. Just have to get it right. I think the 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 question for me is: Does this? They have a fine line to tread because they have to uphold, you know, the uh, the tradition of Mario Kart, right? But they also can't afford to make it too good, for lack of a better phrase, because they also don't want to cannibalize the sales on Nintendo Switch. Right, so Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out on Switch. So much fun. I've been using my Switch a bunch since in Georgia. Um, it is probably my favorite purchase I've made in the last 12 months. Um, I've, I was looking at the stats yesterday. I spent 100 hours on FIFA in the last like two months or something, two, three months. Um, wow. And the reason is, right, I can pick it up and play it anywhere, right? So if I have a two-hour car ride, I'll play it for two hours in the car. And then I'll go home and stick it in the dock and then play on the TV. And then I'll take it out of the dock and, you know, do whatever with it. It's, it's something that I mentioned when it was first announced. But Nintendo have always done this thing that they never talk about the specs of their devices. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, it'll game at 720p or whatever. But they've, they've never go, oh, yeah, this is how many cores it has. And this is the clock speed and, you know, all of that. Their, their ethos has always been family-driven, right? It's an experience you'll have with friends and family, and it facilitates your daily life instead of the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, which are both very much like, look at how many teraflops we make, right? And, you know, yeah. the Xbox One X is all like, hey, look, we can game in 4K. And I'm like, yeah, that's great and all, but what about when I leave the room, Right. And oh, oh, what about if you don't have the right TV or the right. internet connection or all these things as well? Because people think, oh, wow, 4K, that'd be amazing. Well, yeah, if you have the right television. If you don't have the right television, 4K is pretty much useless. Yeah. So you're right, though. I think um, there's a clear, not divide, divide is the wrong word, but there's a clear like segmentation in terms of who Nintendo is for and um, the PlayStation, Xbox, who is that for kind of thing. Uh, it, it's obvious that PlayStation and Xbox are competing against each other. Yeah. It's kind of obvious. You know, and Nintendo, maybe maybe they kind of ca- can get away with it in terms of they are the market leader in terms of being family fun games. On the other hand, though, I don't think it's the most lucrative 
market for them. They still go there. They still go after it. They still, you know, they're releasing the Switch and then they had the Wii before. They still want to stay in that market. But I think most people will know that the, um, for, you know, the, the PlayStation and Xbox, it's more lucrative in that area than the games that Nintendo are releasing. It's interesting because you say that, however, um, it has over, it's, it's been out for about a year. The Nintendo Switch has already outsold the Wii U's lifetime sales. However, more importantly, um, in the last quarter, it actually outsold the PlayStation 4. Um, it has, let me find the number real quick. It has f- just under 15 million sales as of the end of December. Um, and it's been on sale for 10 months. So it is definitely doing, you know, it's, it's not doing badly for sure. Nope. Um, and yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time on it. The top selling game right now being Super Mario Odyssey with over 9 million copies sold. Um, I think that makes it the best console game of the of this generation so far, because I wow. think part of part of that drive for Nintendo is if you're buying the Switch, you are buying it for very different reasons, right? If you're buying a PS4 or Xbox One or a PC, you're very much doing it for a specific reason. Whereas if you've bought the Switch, you're very much in the Nintendo ecosystem. And I'm looking at like the top five best-selling games. They're all by Nintendo, right? No, so number one is Super Mario Odyssey. Number two is Mario Kart. Number three is The Legend of Zelda. Number four is Splatoon 2. Like, they're all originals. And, and this is the thing, as I said to you before, is that because they have that tradition, the nostalgia, they can... It's stronger than what Sony and Microsoft have. You know? Yeah. Everyone remembers the the old school Zelda in the um, the SNES. You know, everyone remember what that looked like, and that was you know a classic. Everyone remembers the old fashioned Pokemon that people were obsessed about, and that's something that, apart from a few small, not small, a few games like um, Call of Duty or anything like that, Call of Duty doesn't capture emotions like. Zelda does and like Pokemon does so Nintendo has definitely got that advantage um, and that's, that's a big number, it's a big big number and I guess the big question is that you know you're telling me these numbers, now I'm wondering if the you know, if Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo have released a game console at the same time yeah, who would lead and win that race because obviously ps4 has been around for a while it's kind of obviously declining in numbers whereas the switch is quite new so now it makes me wonder i mean what would happen if these three consoles were all released during the christmas time and um you know what would people prefer it's just something that we may never find out yeah it's uh it would be interesting for lack of a better word that's for sure um it, the, the thing that I find most interesting, though, is that the Nintendo Switch still has a lot of big game, games to come, right? Mm-hmm. There isn't a main Pokemon game yet. It doesn't have Super Smash Brothers. It doesn't have uh, Metroid. Comes out so- is coming soon. It comes out later this year. Uh, Donkey Kong, Kirby, 
Yoshi, Star Fox, all of these big names yeah. haven't come out yet. And even those aren't out yet, it's still doing really well. And then on top of that, if you look at the quality of games as well, I'm looking at um, all of the games out on Nintendo Switch right now, uh, listed by score on Open Critic. Uh, Open Critic aggregates a bunch of different sources. It's, it's, it's basically the Rotten Tomatoes for games. Um, you know, this isn't a perfect measure, but it gives you the mixture of, you know, different publications as well as users. And, you know, this is out of 100, right? Super Mario Odyssey, 97. The Legend of Zelda, 96. Mario Kart 8, 92, right? All of the, all of the original games have ultra-high scores. And it's actually quite hard to find a low-scoring game. Like, Super Meat Boy, wow. which to me is a really fun game, is 84. And it's actually, like, halfway down this list. Like, don't get me wrong, there are bad games on Switch. Um, but a, there are a lot of really good ones. They have six which are rated 90 or above out of 100. Wow. It, it's competitive. It is a competitive industry. Absolutely. And, um, it's it's almost cutthroat because I don't know if you um if you've seen any documentaries. I wish I remember the name of it, but there was a documentary on. It was, I think it was a BBC iPlayer. I think it was actually. It was about the creators of Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, because um the reason it interests me is um is the, because the fact that um is it Rockstar? That's it. Yeah, Rockstar. The name. Um, so Rockstar, they've got an office in Edinburgh, right? Um, and people don't know that, and that's it's a big thing for pe- local people here. It's like if you obviously, if you want to be in the gaming industry, you want to get a job at Rockstar. Yeah, and it's amazing that there's an office in Edinburgh as well as um, in the US as well. So there was yeah, um, a document. Sorry, really a quickly, document- to, really quickly to just interject um, for people who aren't aware. Rockstar oh. has uh, like multiple. So Rockstar North is the one that's based in Edinburgh, and then there's I think Rockstar uh, West, which is in. Uh, I'm, is really, I'm not sure. I'm I think not that's sure, a US based one. There's there's basically a bunch of different Rockstars. Uh, it's not West, so it's a Rockstar Games that's based in the UK. Uh, sorry, in the US, and then Rockstar North is in i think so yeah that sounds about right rockstar games is us rockstar north is edinburgh and obviously they're a big company in terms of because of uh, grand theft auto and red dead redemption as well is another big name and that's coming out a new one soon um there was a documentary about um about the whole behind the scene of releasing Grand Theft Auto. I can't remember which, which Grand Theft Auto we're talking about. Um, it may have been San Andreas, but I might be wrong. And um, it was looking at behind the scene of what they had to do to live up to the expectation, to maintain the standard, the pressure that the board, the executive, the, the developers, the gamers um, who designed this game, it's like insane amount of pressure that they were under just to maintain that kind of standard, the money that is involved, and the market is cutthroat. It is incredibly cutthroat. You don't think about it when you're playing the game for fun. You don't think about the business side of it, what goes on behind the scene. But this documentary, um, the lead um, person um, 
the Karake, I believe, was either the founder of Rockstar or you know the CEO. One of them is played by Elijah Wood, right? And um, so he he was there um, playing the the um, the storyline. It is such a powerful documentary slash film that it made me realize that this industry is so brutal that it's not even funny. And if you want to be in the industry like that, don't expect it to be all fun and game, that kind of thing. It's actually, it's actually a very scary, very you know, high-pressured job, especially if you're working for a game that produces Grand Theft Auto, which is obviously a huge franchise. And uh, people don't think about that. And I think that's what people don't um, appreciate, that the quality, the standard that they have to maintain when it comes to releasing games, you know, it used to be made fun of. People think like, oh, it's for geeks. It's not something you should take seriously. But whether you like it or not, the way the games are made right now is it's art. You can't deny that it's not art because the way they make it, there's so much attention to details that goes on behind the scene that I feel like it's not appreciated sometimes. And um, it just, it, it opened my eyes, really, really opened my eyes. I think it's something that um, that people should appreciate a bit more, actually, the people who make the games. So I've just, um, I've just taken a look. Uh, the only Rockstar-based documentary I could find is called, what's it called? Uh, wait for it. Uh, the Game Changers. Uh, it's a TV movie made by BBC. Does that sound about right? Sounds BBC about right. Two. That may have been it. That I think um, I'm pretty sure it's Elijah Wood. Is that yeah, Elijah Wood or Daniel Radcliffe? It was Definitely Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, then there we go. Right. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, the game changes. So Rockstar actually sued the BBC over it. Yes. Yes. Um, which means you should definitely give it a watch. Uh, <laughs> it was. Um, it's quite a controversial. I think if. For Rockstar, I can see why they would sue them because it's a quite a controversial documentary, really hard-hitting stories, and it's making Rockstar look like a a really bad employer that they don't treat their staff very well. Right, I'm gonna have to give that so, a watch. So I think maybe you can. It's like you know we talked about earlier. You were saying about the social network, mm-hmm. and um, you can make your own assumption on how much of it is true but it just opened your eyes a little bit more. So this is the same idea as well. Highly recommend it, just just to see it, just to make you think about the game industry. Yep, so uh, it's called The Game Changers. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or anything. Just, I'm, I'm sure if you, you look it up, you'd find it. It's actually an Oscar-winning... Oh, it's by an Oscar-winning director. Right. Um, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it's, it's worth watching. Got Daniel Radcliffe in it. I'm sure it'll be all right. Um, a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. However, apparently 87% of Google users liked it. So right. I'll, uh, I'll give it a watch. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back next week with my opinion on the game changes. <laughs> on the subject of opinions, see, I, I'm great at this. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's your opinion on the deepfakes situation? I think this will be our closing topic. I think leaving this till last is probably the right way to do this. Um, what is your opinion on deepfakes? Now, out to the world, just in case you're not aware of what this is, it's the thing that has been taking the news by storm this week. It was 
I, I was considering like leaving it out of this week's podcast because I didn't quite I didn't want to like give it more promotion if you know, if you get what I mean. But in, even then, I was like, this is such a big deal that I can't not talk about it. Yeah. So if you're not aware, um, people have used machine learning, which sounds so innocent, right? <laughs> not. Uh, mach- machine learning has been used to put people's faces onto other people's bodies really, really well. <laughs> now, here is, I have an example of this, which is a bit, um, which is definitely, you know, safe for work. Um, hang on. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I forgot to put it in the show notes. Um, so let me... Uh, let me just grab the link. I believe this is it. Let me just double check. Yes, yeah, so this is a this is a compilation, um, but I'll, I'll just have it running in the background so viewers can see it. Let me send it to you on Skype. Uh, that's the YouTube video, and then here we yeah. are. So basically, what they've done with deep fakes is they have literally just replaced people's faces with, and I think if you go to like forty seconds in, that's the best one. Um, they've just used Nick Cage's face on other people's bodies. Um, oh wait, hang on, I hit the wrong button. That's what I wanted. And it's it's just so like it's so good and so bizarre. Like that's and what so makes scary it so, as well. Yeah, that's what makes it so scary, right? Like the fact that you know these are very extreme, so they look bad because of that. But they don't look bad; they look off because of that. But you know, if if you if you find the right kind of person to do it with, they look scarily accurate. Mildly terrifying. Yeah, I think t- terrifying is definitely the word. I think you're right that okay, machine learning is going to be used for many, many things. It's going to get more popular, and now we're in this situation where actually we're slowly starting to see the dark side of machine learning. And I'm sure there had been other dark news about machine learning in the past, but as you said, this is really hitting the news right now and people are talking about it because what you can do is incredibly scary for innocent people yes. you know for anybody who is just like just minding their own business not even involve anything um scary shady rude whatever um you want to look at it and the fact that they can be you know taken advantage of um in this way I mean, what's next? What's next? Because the first thing I was thinking about was the whole story about revenge porn. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the, I think it was in, in the UK actually, um, for the first time ever recently, just maybe a past few weeks or a month, it was that they have um, punished someone for carrying out the action of revenge porn against his ex-girlfriend and got in trouble for it, you know, Got, went to the high court and yeah, he went to prison for that. And you know, obviously it's a good thing because he shouldn't be doing that. But now this is happening. That you know, I'm thinking, what does that mean then? Does that mean 
you know, it's going to make revenge porn look uh, fake. It's going to be dangerous for um, women out there. Um, that's the one side of it. And then obviously, um, you know, there's, there's a picture of the politics side of it, where you look at yeah. Donald Trump's face on Hillary, Hillary Clinton. And, you know, how is that going to be abused? You know, is that going to increase the level of fake news now? Because yeah. that's just getting boring, fake news. And so it's, it's, the thing that makes it so hard is that there's no way to tell whether it's real or fake, right? Yeah. Like, if it's a celebrity, right, you, you know, you tend, it's expected, right? You mm-hmm. know, I, I think when when we saw, you know, that Nick Cage video, right? You look at it and you go, oh, right, yeah, that's Nicolas Cage. He, he wasn't in that movie, you know, you find it as a joke. But when yeah. it's, you know, someone doing it to you specifically and you're just some random person off the street, that has terrifying con- potential consequences. I think it is terrifying because, unfortunately, people will believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the situation that people um, are getting angry about with fake news is that there are people out there who believe it and um and because we live in an era where technology is making things more and more realistic and it can fool anybody and for those of us who are maybe a bit more worried about it you question it first before you say yes that is real but not everyone will question it everyone just say oh that happened that existed. I think one big one I remember just off the top of my head was um, one of the, the, the one of the severe flooding that happened in the US. Right. I can't remember which one it was. And I remembered there was a photograph inside a shopping mall. It was flooded. And there were sharks swimming in there. And at first you think, whoa. Did that actually happen? But then you have to stop and second guess it and look at it and thinking, that's fake. That's got to be fake yeah. because there's no way, you know, a flood will cause a shark to swim in a shopping mall. And the problem is a lot of people believe that. And that was just a simple act of Photoshop, really, um, putting that in. But now we're looking at videos, which is more, it will have a more of an impact on people's impression than pictures. So... No, where's where's going now? Where what direction is this going to go towards? This is the the worry. And the the craziest thing is, you know, it started off as one guy going, "Hey, look what you can do," and then it was taken to the extreme when someone actually published a tool letting you do it yourself. And you know, it, it what the reason they're doing it with celebrities is because it's so much easier with celebrities, right? Because there's pictures of them everywhere, so you just give it a massive data set. Um, if someone wanted to do it for me, for example, it'd be quite easy actually, because you know all of these YouTube videos. I'm oh no, I need to. <laughs> I've just realised that's horrible. I need to cover my face oh, from now on. Oh darn! I don't want to get oh, deep faked. <laughs> I, I, but you're right though. It's the fact that celebrity is so easy because all you need is people who are on the media all the time. All you need is lots of selfies. And just go through Facebook. Yeah, time. just go through someone's Facebook account or Instagram account, right? Instagram. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's it. That's all you need to do. And you have deepfake um, at your disposal. That is terrifying. And- that is, it is. Yeah, mildly terrifying. And then put together with Adobe Voco, which they haven't surprisingly. <laughs> 
they mentioned it once and never mentioned it ever again. Who'd have guessed? Um, Adobe Voco being the tool that um, lets you input in. I think it was, I think they said it takes like ten hours or five hours of some or something of someone talking, and then it gets to a point where like you can like type in a sentence and you'll hear it like in their voice. In their voice, right? Yeah. So you put yeah. Voco and this together, and all of a sudden, I can make anyone say anything and look like they're saying it. And what do you do then? What is... What, then we're all screwed. We're all screwed. I mean, the, the reason why Adobe Voco is, um, is nicknamed as Photoshop for a voice. That is the most terrifying name I've ever heard for anything. I've heard of that nickname before because... That is what it can do to you. You can Photoshop a voice and make it seem like it sounds like someone else. And that's what Photoshop does. It can make things look like something else. And um, it's very scary. So, yeah, you're right. So Adobe Vocal um, combined with DeepFake. So where do we draw the line on what is fake, what is not fake? Unless you have a very keen eye, really strong you know, like maybe maybe you need experience in the industry actually in terms of like editing, audio editing or video editing, you can tell it's fake. But come on, the majority of the world is not an expert in video and audio. I think you need some form of digital footprint. I think that's realistically what you'd need, right? Some way of knowing that it was at least passed through one of these services, right? I think that's some, some verifiable way of saying, oh yeah, this definitely went via Adobe Voco. Which I just want to point out, I was completely wrong about. It doesn't take five hours of audio. It takes 20 minutes, which is even more concerning. I can, I can record one phone conversation and then make them say anything I want in the future. That is terrifying. Oh, God. The, the future, I mean, technology can be wonderful, but technology can be dangerous. It can be dangerous. There's no denying it at all. And defect is just one of many, many things that could go wrong. And, you know, we talked earlier about Facebook Messenger for kids and, you know, things like that. You know, what is the intention there? That's what, number one. What is the intention? But number two, we know that it can be abused in a certain way. Yeah. You know, it, it will be taken advantage of in a certain way, whether we like it or not. And that's the worrying part is this is another level of just kind of maybe going too deep into someone else's life and using their identity like that. You know, we're not, we're not talking, you know, using, um, sending hate mail or messages on comments, stuff like that. We're talking about, we're taking your face and we can do whatever we like with it. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Yes, absolutely. And I don't want to end it on that, but <laughs> I guess... No. And the worst part is, the, the only topic we can segue to, because we covered everything else, is actually not that good either. So I think we're going we're gonna to end it with a positive in trying to... No. Oh, actually, I have a question for you because I keep looking at your. He- what headphones are you wearing right now? What headphones? So I've got a. Um, I They're extreme a, explosives, aren't they? I think it's a JVC. I think it is. If I'm, if I'm 
called it. <laughs> I, I saw the headphone. I was immediately like, oh, yeah, those were JVC Extreme Explosives. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. My, they're my favorite <laughs> wired headphones, like in-ear headphones that are like 15 pounds. Um, yeah. I use really like a too. pair of... See, this is positive. I use a pair of uh, Jaybird X3s currently because I'm moving over to Bluetooth headphones. But I always yeah. have at least one pair of uh, Extreme Explosives on me at any given time. I've actually well, bought even, um, like eight pairs of those. I think uh, oh, yeah, I, I bought a couple. I have those well, headphones as well. We did a review yeah. on those like eight months ago. <laughs> the, the, the Cohen or Cowan. Yeah, Cohen something or other. Yep. Are those yeah. the audio? Uh, are those the noise cancelling version or the non noise cancelling version? Noise cancelling version. Oh yeah, um, I have the cheaper ones. Um, because you're talking about wireless Bluetooth one, and mm-hmm. this one is incredible. Yes. For because uh, I paid sixty pounds for this, and if you think about the general noise cancelling headphones, they cost a good three hundred pounds. And this one looks fantastic. Really, really works very, very well. And I have no complaints. So in terms of wired headphones, these are great. And these are, you know, decent price. And then the Cohen one as well. Um, so, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, so they're the E7s are the non-noise cancelling version. Remember the E7NC, I assume, yeah. is the noise cancelling version. Uh, that video yeah. actually has over 7,500 views. So thanks to everyone who watched the Cowan video. And then the extreme explosives, um, those, the reason I've bought so many, because every time I mention that I've bought um, a bunch of them, everyone's like, oh, so why do you keep buying them? buying them? They're clearly really bad. And that's not what it is. The reason I keep buying them is because I keep giving them away. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're so cheap that to me, they're just like, you know, whatever, just take them, right? Because they're like 15-ish pounds, I want to say. And so I always buy them in twos. Because what will happen is inevitably someone will be like, oh, these headphones are really good. And I'll just go have them. I have another pair at home. So I've given away like a solid five, six pairs of these. I even did a giveaway on the YouTube channel. Uh, this was back I, in I August of 2016. The only, the only wish I have is that it has a microphone so I can use it with my phone. That isn't the only wish you had because there's a microphone version. Like you, there's like a, for like a couple of pounds more, you can get one with the microphone. Uh, that has I a thinner cable though like it's not as it's the, the cable isn't as good from what i hear right because um, okay. the because the thing for me is that really thick red cable right it's uh yeah, yeah. it's got some strength to it but yeah those are yeah. definitely my favorite in-ear like 15 pound headphones that i've bought so many times that like i've had some banter with jvc on twitter before where I've been like, I think I'm single-handedly keeping JVC afloat. And I've like <laughs> showed them a list of how many times I've bought those headphones. <laughs> oh, you should buy them. I might, wow. you know, I might need a new pair. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? exactly. You never have to buy one again. Yeah. So, Ahmed, again, you know, we talked about this at the start. Let's talk about it again. Where do people find you? What are you, is, is there anything you're currently working on? Like anything in the works? Currently in the work is, well, the, the reason, you know, I, I've gone through the whole rebranding thing is because I wanted to focus more on personal brand. And uh, it just, you know, that's who I am. I am the face of a company. It's under my name as well. And, you know, my latest project is that I am currently really investing heavily on um, YouTube because I've been kind of like in helping other people 
with their YouTube channels and getting their visibility grown and stuff like that. But I've decided to take the plunge and get in there. So YouTube and also my podcast, and because I've rebranded that, yeah. I want to get you know get in that get into it more actually. And content is something that I take very seriously. I really want to push heavily in that, and I want to make it not just you know interesting and exciting, but also useful. You know, it's all about making content that is useful for other people to um, consume, and that's the challenge part. That's the challenge part is that you're creating content, video, audio, blog post, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what what format it is. Um, that's kind of my main project right now. So basically, the you know everything is on uh, my website, which is iamamadkhalifa.com. And uh, my social media handle is all at I am Ahmed Khalifa. It's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, all of it. Um, so I'm around. If anybody has any questions about growing the online visibility, that's kind of what I do. I just love doing that and I love my job. Awesome. So do make sure to check him out. There is a link in the description of this YouTube video if you're watching it on YouTube. It's in the show notes if you're watching with show notes. And it's also in the, if you're watching with show notes. If you're listening to the podcast, what am I on about? And then it's also in the show notes, uh, snpy.tech, because I'm all about those vanity URLs, uh, slash sn29. Um, So make sure to go give that a look. If you want to follow us, there's, of course, uh, snpy.tech, slash Facebook, slash Twitter, slash YouTube, slash podcast, the audio version of this podcast, slash live for the next live event, whatever it is. Um, it will either be the next episode of this or the Snappy Talk episode if you look at it midweek. And then what else? We have so many like of these short URLs, but I'm like, you know, I'm running out of space to write these all down. Um, but yeah, do make sure to go check them out. Uh, do go to uh, snpy.tech slash Snapchat, however, because that is where I do my daily vlogging. Basically, I've had something on my... I've, I've mentioned this to almost every guest that comes on, and everyone gives me this look of, like, I think you're a little bit crazy. Um, but I've had, like, at least one thing on my Snapchat for the last, like, year. So I've been basically daily vlogging for the last year. Which is... Uh, it's, it's fun. It's intre- like it, it. I found that it makes me want to do more, because it makes me want to do something that is worthy of, you know, putting it on Snapchat. And then the fact that it's gone in 24 hours also means that if I have a lazy day, I'll like put up a couple of pictures of me playing FIFA. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I get away with that as well. So it, it works really well. I, I have no guilt for just posting a couple <laughs> of pictures. Um, but yeah, do absolutely make sure to check out everything that is Ahmed Khalifa, which is I am Ahmed Khalifa.co.uk, right? Dot com. Dot com. You need, to, you need both, you need, just in case. He's a swipe. Well, both I've, up. Got, I've got um, I've got amakalifa.co.uk, which redirects to okay. um, dot com. So, um, but you're right. I, I need to. I don't have a, a a huge portfolio of domains like you do. So uh, <laughs> it's, you're well, kind it's, of making me look bad. It's one domain. But the crazy thing is, like when I first, when we first announced the short URL, right, SNPY, because you know that's an abbreviation of Snappy, and then dot tech. When I first mentioned it. People were like, "That sounds like a, that sounds like some dodgy redirect thing, right?" Like, and like, yeah, I know, but just just roll with it, just roll with it. God. Um, yeah, every time it's 
Actually, as as someone, and I'm I'm going to ask you this, conscious of the fact we're about to go up to two hours, so uh, preferably quite quickly. What is your advice for people growing their personal brand? Because for me, there are two things that really annoy me. First of all, whenever their email address is whatever at gmail.com, I see that and instantly go, hmm, not very serious. And then secondly is like whenever they use like Twitter's URL shortener or something like that, right? Because the reason we have snpy.tech is because it's ours, right? We can do whatever we want with it. What 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 are your sort of what, what's a couple of your the pieces of advice you give people? Okay, well I think you can look at it in two different ways. Obviously, I was talking about content being very very important because that is the best way to show people that you know your stuff. You have you know you have that credibility about that topic. You have the you know the industry experience and knowledge about that topic. And the only way people will know what you are the go to guy for is the way how you use your content again video audio uh, text format image format um it could be anything so you have to do that and, and it's not just about creating that first of all it's about the quality of it is important but also consistency because it's not just about you know publish a blog post and then you haven't done anything for a few months just like what you said yourself about you have been using snapchat for like a daily vlogging kind of thing. That is a form of content. And that is a form of consistent content too, because you are showing up to your audience. And connected to that, the important thing about personal branding is your authenticity and being yourself and being raw. Because you can't pretend to be someone else. At the end of the day, only you can be you. And don't be like everyone else because they're taken. So you have to kind of show yourself who you are as a person, being authentic about it. And at the end of the day, you attract the right kind of people because people are worried about, oh, no, I want to be like this person so that I can attract this kind of people. Well, then you're kind of fooling yourself. At the end of the day, your vibe will attract your tribe. And that is something that really, really important when it comes to personal branding. Wonderful. So if you want to find out more, do go to IamAhmedKhalifa.com. I, as, as you were talking, I was like scrolling through the website and showing it to anyone who's watching this in video form. So do definitely check it out. It, it makes for good reading, if nothing else. And the podcast is also a, a good listen. So go do that. Um, actually, one question I do have real quick is looking at um, the, like, the main image, right? It's, uh, it, it's you with, um, you know... I, th- I assume that's you working away, right? That is me. That is me working what, hard. What, so my question is, why is your phone on the on your mic stand? Because I have been using my phone to do some kind of videos. Um, right. Whether it's like an Instagram story or Instagram live, that kind of thing. Um, and I've been using it to, to appear there. And it's also another way for me to, if I want to, to do simultaneous live videos. So right. my webcam would be for Facebook Live and my phone would be for Instagram Live. So it, there's many different benefits of using that and uh, it's really useful, really, really useful to have it. Just clip on, press record, on, off you go kind of thing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, make sure to go to all of the links, all in the description or the show notes or however you're catching this. 
So do that. We are live every Sunday from 6 p.m. GMT. Um, I am back in the UK uh, in three weeks, which means we'll have a late show. It'll be me, Paul, and Emily, uh, the, the original trio, I guess. We haven't had those two on in a while. So if you're not around for the next couple of weeks, do be around for that episode. It's going to be so much fun. It'll be a bit later because I'm, you know, flying into the UK. Um, but it should be good. We will see you then. If not, we'll see you next week on the Snappy Tech Podcast. Bye. And we're done. <laughs> it's like, you like hit a stop stream and sometimes it like takes a couple seconds. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm like waiting for it to cut me off. <laughs> like, any second now. <laughs> That's the longest bye ever. <laughs>